live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, buddy, and welcome to another Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're broadcasting from downtown Manhattan, where we have the Ada Food Factory. That's where we do all the manufacturing, all the goodies you love to purchase and make stuff with. So creative, so many guides, so many videos, so many new products. All coming up for the next hour, we're going to be covering everything you need to know or want to know or maybe even don't want to know in making, hacking, and engineering. How can you not love it? It's Ask an Engineer. Why don't we uh, get right to it? Because we got a jam-packed show. We do. And Full of juicy goodness. It's before we delicious. get into the show details, um, I want everyone to uh, pay close attention because we're going to send some good vibes into the ether. So um, earlier in the week, Chris Young emailed me. A lot of you know Chris Young. He does guides on our website, and he's also on the show and tell. Be part of the Data for Your community and a uh, friend of the company for years. Right, guys. And he said, hey, Bill Binko, who a lot of you all know is uh, AT Makers, uh, which helps a lot of uh, disabled persons, specifically younger people uh, with, with assistive technology. And uh, Chris said, uh, Bill is in the hospital with COVID. So um, he sent me a link to a Facebook post, and this stuff is on their um, Bill's wife's Facebook page, Lori, and uh, went over this. And then um, Chris said, hey, could you send out some, a note or something to, to your team, thoughts, prayers, whatever, you know, if y'all are into that. And uh, immediately let our team know. And uh, we checked out Lori's write-up. And, uh, of course, um, in a, quickly, in a, in, a, in a matter of very short time, it looks like Bill is doing okay. Um, that being said, uh, he, you know, he did give a, a pretty, a very Bill engineer style, a very uh, technical overview, and then some good advice, you know, please get vaccinated. And then uh, Bill posted a video, and then he just emailed before the show, and he was just in Discord. And uh, I got a chance to, to uh, look at the, some of the show and tell video, JP showed it, and uh, Bill said, oh, you know, I got my green shirt on, you know. So one, I could tell he's doing better, um, but uh, he has a, you know, ways to go. Uh, so the good news is, it looks like Bill's gonna pull through, uh, and the other bit of good news is, you know, the, the power of positive thinking. Um, Bill was able to see all of our messages. So if you see Bill on Twitter, if you see him on Discord, if you're on Facebook, Bill Binko, uh, say hi. Because uh, I know how special Bill is to all of us. Um, and it's scary and lonely being in the hospital. It's, yeah. it's not, nobody goes there for fun. Uh, you know, you want to uh, know that there's people out there, even if they can't visit you in person. Uh, there's an online community. Uh, that loves and cares about you, Bill, and we're all waiting for you. And uh, it's awesome to see you are you know still have access to your phone because you're in the right. Discord chat. And uh, I'm hoping that you're getting good care and the good drugs. That's right. And so um, you know, everyone, just spend a minute and uh, a couple seconds, and just uh, you know, I don't know if it works, but so far, I haven't seen any uh, anything bad by giving people uh, good thoughts. I, I, it doesn't hurt any situation. I think it just helps. And then when people know it, um, I believe that that makes them feel better no matter what. So Bill, looking forward to uh, talking to you and seeing you. Um, thanks for giving us the updates. And again, sending all of our wishes your way. And, so Yeah, and we're going to have that Cutie Pie 2040 with the um, that jumper that you wanted. So you got to yeah. stick with us because I made all this harder for you. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's kick it off. On tonight's show, Adafruit is shipping safe and smart. We'll talk about some of that. Uh, our team thanks you. Here's some of our pre-COVID pre photos. We'll have some post-COVID photos yeah. uh, hopefully very soon. Show and tell. People around the world showing and sharing your projects. JP was host. Lady Ada will talk about who was on our show and tell. Time travel. 
look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, current news, and more. Help wanted. Jobs on the jobs board from companies. Also, people posting up their skills. Python and hardware news. We're going to take a look at the latest newsletter and a couple videos. Main New York City factory footage and some other special videos. 3D printing, we got a speed up, and we also have a special video from Noam Pedro. DigiKey and Adafruit present INMPI. This week is Weha, um, a cool tool that we're going to show off. We've got some new products, some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. You do that over on Discord, all 28,000 plus of us. You go to adafruit.it slash Discord. We answer questions throughout the show, but most of them at the end, but also 24-7. People can help you out, and also they'll help each other out until we get to the questions. Yeah. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay. All right, so... Um, our reminder, we're doing the uh, 100 Days of Masking. We're so close, everybody. We're, we're just a few weeks away. New York has a little bit of a spike in cases. Uh, so does New Jersey. So do other places. When the restrictions get a little bit looser, you know, people start to go to places where they're breathing air without a mask. So please consider um, wearing a mask for a little bit longer. And uh, Even if you're vaccinated. I know. You're like, I got vaccinated. But first off, it takes a couple of weeks to kick in. Also, not everyone... Uh, you know, and it, it doesn't work 100%. It's still 95, 96%. It's yeah. important. Just just until we have, you know, a large portion of the population um, immunized, I think it's a good idea. I will be wearing a mask. Yeah. Do, even after I'm here's the other thing, immunized. too. Do, do the best you can. If you're around people and there's air being exchanged, wear a mask. And if you can, if you're into this, look at the research, get vaccinated. Um, one of the things that we're just doing... Just a little, little vaccine. Yeah, it was okay. like... I think that was on, like, the New York State... Twitter feed. I'm just like, that's kind of nice. One of the things that we're doing as a company is we do paid time off so people can get vaccinated. We also give our team all the resources, information. We also know maybe not everyone's going to get vaccinated, but if we put out all the information and us as company leaders, we tell everyone what we're doing, what things are important to us. Um, that so far has worked out with COVID testing and keeping us safe all this last year. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, don't get discouraged as states open up. Um, there's websites that you have to put in your information and try again and try again, try again. Um, there are going to be plenty of, of this. You just do, do the best you can um, and do everything you can in the time that we have with the tools available. So mask is one, vaccination later. Just continue to do these things. We're pretty close. Uh, there's a lot of good signs that there's recovery going on, even in our electronics industry. Um, so we'll see. So anyways, 100 days of masking. That's part of your orders that we send out in the USA. Um, if it's like over a buck, we toss in a mask for now. Yeah. And then also we have other freebies. What are they, Lady Ada? I'm glad you asked. Okay, so we're still doing our classic freebies. $99 or more, you get a free Proto house size breadboard. Super handy for making your project permanent from a solderless breadboard to a solderful breadboard. 149 or more, we still have um, Stemic QT boards and Cutie Pie boards that we're giving away free with your order of uh, 149 or more. We Because they come in and out of stock, like for example, magnetometers, I can't get them anymore. There's like none on planet Earth. Uh, but we have a, a whole selection of sensors and devices that we are um, offering to people. So you'll get a different one with each order if you make an account. Um, we'll make sure you don't get the same one twice. Uh, otherwise, it's random. 149 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. 199 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express. And uh, we're going to be, you're probably like, hey, like this kind of freebie hasn't changed much in the last year. We're going to start doing new freebies soon. We're going to we're going to start mixing up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but as we as we start to uh, get back to a uh, what I call somewhat normal, um, and uh, we will um, we'll change up some of the freebies. But for now, uh, this is what you get. It's a it's a good it's a good chunk of freebies. And yeah. of course, you get the mask. 
we'll, uh, we do still have sales once in a while. We don't do them during Ask an Engineer, but we have them on Tuesdays. I'll talk about that in a bit. And we also have some sales once in a while. If you subscribe to the product newsletter, we do stuff. Um, but expect some of those things to come back as we all come back. Yeah. All right. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects, Lady Ada. Who is on the show and tell this week? Okay. And what did they share? Thank you for to JP who did uh, show and tell uh, this week for us. Uh, it's just been like so busy here, um, and and so we Phil and I are doing um, we do the show and tell for a couple weeks, and then Noam Pedro and JP can pick up a show a month um, that helps us out a lot. Uh, so we had Phil we came by with his hacked RP twenty forty Pico. Um, by hacked, it's like literally hacked. He hacksawed it to make it itsy bitsy sized. Uh, hilarious hack, just love it. Uh, by the way, if you're watching this live, we do have um, RP2040 Picos in stock right now. We just put in a couple hundred of each. So if you want to go to the Adafruit shop and grab some, this is your chance. If it's not live, then might be in stock, might not be. Um, Melissa has an Apple IIc with an adorable monitor. Everybody loves this cute nine inch monochrome green screen monitor. It is so cute. Um, JP, uh, sorry, JP, JP hosted the show. Um, Noah and Pedro had uh, the Cyberdeck, um, I think. I don't know if they showed up. I, I had to I miss the first few minutes. If they didn't, uh, they made a Cyberdeck um, add-on plate. Um, There's a learn guide for it, and they may have shown it off on Chantel. Um, Kevin uh, and Lydia came by with a science project. Lydia for a class made in orrery. Uh, it has a sun and an earth and a moon spinning. Uh, did an excellent job in that it has like no visible wires. It's like su super cool. It's like a self-propelled orrery with the battery inside of the sun. Uh, she said the only problem is it's not to scale because usually the sun is what, like 800,000 times the size of the earth. And in this case, it was only like two or three times. But I don't think it would fit in her house. Like, so I don't know. I think, I think you did the best job you could, Lydia, given... Uh, the scale and size of, of your workspace and um, the mass available for you as a human on this planet. Otherwise, good job. Uh, Liz is making robotic recorder. Uh, it sounds cool. Like it's got like one note so far that it can play with a solenoid and it, play, it blows air out um, through uh, a pump. It reminds me a little bit of like the House on the Rock in Minneapolis. Um, they had they have like weird robotic musical instrument players. And they do a lot of pneumatics. Toddbot is playing around with cutie pies and Euro racks, trying to control uh, analog electronics with CircuitPython and cutie pies. Uh, Timon came by with a project that we commissioned. It's a pocket chip shaped board, but with a um, uh, 4.3 inch sorry 4.3 inch TFT display a compute module 4 that clips onto the back and um, a little tactile uh, keyboard. And you get the tactile keyboard working with the uh, TM8481, I think is the part number. Uh, so saves you a USB port because it, it does it over I2C. So good work with that. Uh, looks awesome and uh, hilarious and um, bigger than expected. Uh, so we might be changing the size. We just wanted to get something going. So we, we start, we we thought we would start with this um, 4.3 inch display, but we'll probably end up uh, shrinking it down. But we had a pocket chip and we always loved, you know, they went out of business, but it was an adorable little board before they, um, they closed shop. Um, Daniel uh, has a BLE keyboard for a tablet for drawing. And Mark is still working on those RGB LED house numbers this time controlled by Adafruit.io. All right, this is all part of our Adafruit Live series of shows. Wednesday, right now, Ask an Engineer 8 p.m., Show and Tell, 7.30 p.m. every single Wednesday. These are our shows that we do on Wednesday. 
Desk of Lady Ada is something we do every Sunday. Sunday this week, Lady Ada, we did a few things. You showed off um, some STEM QTs. Mm. This is an Ardu- it's Arduino day. It was Arduino day. I'm going to play later on yeah. the Arduino videos we did because they're two short videos. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about the great search? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the great search. So then you did a great search. Um, we do the great search every week. And this week it was... Okay, so everything is out of stock everywhere on planet Earth (laughs) for electronics. Uh, Something that anyone who's doing manufacturing right now is well aware of. And one thing that's just so infuriating about electronic parts is you often need, like, that part. Like, you're specced for that part. And if you can't get that exact part, your entire manufacturing line is halted. Um, Which means you have to be very resourceful uh, when there's part shortages, and the, right now there's like six, nine, twelve month part shortages. So one of the parts that we've been using the APX803, um, it's a very lovely auto reset controller chip. We use it a lot. It kind of just keeps our electronics working a little bit better than expected. Um, that means you don't have to reset them manually, auto reset, thanks to this like eight cent chip. Um, it's it's end of line, but we were able to get the part. Like even though chips are end of line, you usually can still get them. But this one was end of line, and then this shortage came in, and somebody swept up and got like all the stock. So we had to find an alternative. We found a perfect alternative, but um, I just the thing about this great church, which I really like, is not only do I find an out of stock part, I found an alternative that is in stock. Yes, and is the same price. Bonus, uh, and then triple word, word score. I show you how to um, navigate different part variant pinout numbers, which is something that happens um, sometimes when you find alternatives. Sometimes there's pin part variants um, where the part number is the same, but a letter indicates that the order in which the pins are in the package are different, which is like super infuriating if you've never bumped into it before. So um, watch the video and you can watch. Even I get a little confused, but in the end I fix it and I find the right part. If you're doing any type of manufacturing, check out these every week because you will be living in a scarcity version of electronics for it'll, a little bit it'll end but we're just we're you know for example like on the the, the pocket chip that Timon's making i'm like wow that's so cool i cannot get tfts like at all whatsoever so it's like it's it's a good time to prototype and develop um but i won't be able to put into manufacturing yet yeah. still it's fun to develop so that cisco today they were like managing investor expectations and they're like hey like it might be 10 percent down there could be this thing and I think the smart companies are kind of advising people. They're they're saying like, yeah, like you have to start working around this now. If you're not able to be flexible during yeah. this time period, um, this so we have a lot of this isn't the biz for you. Yeah. So um, you know we'll be developing products that we know there's going to be long lead times for, but that's okay because it takes a while for these prototypes to go from prototype to market. But then we also diversified our product offering to have lots of different things, lots of different drop-in replacements, lots of different platforms. Uh, one good example is uh, if you go to like circuitpython.org slash downloads, you can look at all the different chips that CircuitPython yeah, it, supports. Yeah, it's STM, but it's also AVRs. Or, uh, yeah, also Nordic, yeah. It's also Nordic, and it's also RP2040s. Yeah, and also, also runs on you know, BeagleBone and CircuitPythons. Yeah. Yeah, and Sony's every all these different chips. And the cool thing is because we designed, we, one of the things that was important to us is making sure that ports are as agnostic as possible to the language. Yeah. Um, you can swap in different feathers, different cutie pies, different boards, and your CircuitPython code will run the same. Arduino also tries to do the same thing. Um, that's another nice thing about 
Arduinos, it's, it's, it's yeah. for the most part, port agnostic. I mean, I think it's gotten better. I think it used to be very ABR specific, but now, because there's so many different boards, people shy away from using the port specific, you know, register functions and stuff, and are trying to use higher level languages, but CircuitPython is all higher level, so. Yeah. Here's the other yeah. thing. If you do open source, um, the people in your community will be able to adapt the code that you've released as open source, possibly for other things. If you don't, then you're stuck with doing all of it and or trying to figure it out or trying to ramp up. Um, being as open as possible, as early as, as possible, um, if you're not open now, um, I know we're in a better position because there might be community contributions that come in because we're moving to other chipsets that people know. And other people might be able to keep their business going because they can build their product line off a lot of our open source code. So um, we're, what's the term, bullish? Um, we seem to thrive when, when are, there's challenges. No, it's not bullish. It's we're anti-fragile. Anti-fragile. Okay. Yeah. That's the All cool right. hip term of the week. All right. Next up. Um, every single Tuesday, speaking of shows, we do a JP's product pick of the week. This is the one we do discounts on. We do a live broadcast from inside the product page. Here is, half off. Yep. Here's a recap from this week. It is the SCD30 CO2 sensor in STEMIQT format. There you can see there's my CO2 parts per million. So I've got a, this is, the workshop is, is pretty well ventilated. This is really, I think one of the best demos is breathe on it, right? So there you can see I have significantly increased the amount of carbon dioxide in that area. It's a really cool sensor. Like Lady Ada said, this one is really doing the, the proper calculation for CO2. It's not just guessing based on other particulate matter and volatile organic uh, gases in the air. This one is, uh, is straight up CO2 sensing. So that is my product pick of the week. It is the SCD30 CO2 sensor. All right, and Thursday you can tune in JB's workshop. Here is a little bit of a preview or something he recently shown so you get an idea what you might see on JP's workshop. Okay, time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, what's going on in the community, and more. Today is Trans Day of Visibility, each year on March 31st, the world observes Transgender Day of Visibility, TVOD, to raise awareness about transgender people, it's a day to celebrate the lives and contributions of trans people, while also drawing attention to the poverty, discrimination, and violence the community faces. We have a little post on our website, we want to let everyone know on our team, and our community and our customers and all of you out there, we support you. Uh, we wanna make Adafruit an inclusive, diverse electronics place, an open source company for everyone. It's not only a day to celebrate the lives and contribution of trans people, but it's a good day to raise awareness for equal rights, dignity, respect for one another. Everyone deserves dignity and respect, healthcare, all those things. Here is a really neat, um, this is from the BBC Microbot that tweets out these little so BBC cool. micro thinks this little trans rights or human rights 
So um, thank you everyone in our community who uh, make this one of the best places. Um, and I'll say this as a, a person in the community and an employer, if you want to get the best work and have the best, coolest things, you need to have the, the most people. And the way to have the most people is to have something where everyone's accepted. So that's our little corner of the world in electronics. I think we can all set a good example uh, for all the rest of the world out there on how we can be good to each other. Yay. Next up, Adabox. We have none left, but you can sign up because when we run Adaboxes in April, you will be able to get one, probably because people move, credit cards change, and all that stuff. So you'll probably want to do that, adabox.com. On Saturday was the Arduino Day. And right. I'll say that the, the, the two most interesting things that I saw, I think, yeah. was they're doing what we did with Learn, which is you have the code of the projects on the Arduino help pages yeah. on GitHub. They're on GitHub. I thought that was interesting. And then there's a Nano Connect. It's a RP2040 with an ESP32. Yes. And like we already have something like that in the work. So it's like, okay, like good validation. It's it's cool because um, I am excited to see the RP2040 make into the Arduino ecosystem. I think it's going to be a great board to use with Arduino. Um, and uh, another thing I've always wanted is, is more Arduinos to support UF2 uh, as the bootloader standard. Um, that's kind of my like my thing I've been kind of pushing for for the last few years. And this is the first board where the bootloader is by you know default. It's that's UF2. So I think that hopefully that will um, auger a new uh, you know generation of boards that use uh, UF2 and TDUSB um, as a way to to create a easier porting platform for uh, microcontrollers into Arduino. All right. So that's my view. So we have two videos that we released on Arduino Day. Uh, what we did was we took the Arduino core and we got it running on an RP2040. So Lady is going to show you one. It's true. That's Not the from, official core. No. It does work. Uh, Lady is going to show you one from CutiePie and yes. then one from Arduino. We'll play those back to back and okay. then we'll see you on the other side. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm doing some more tests with, this is an RP2040 Cutie Pie. So this is not a SAMD chip. This is the Raspberry Pi RP2040 in a Cutie Pie format. And uh, we're going to get these ready for the shop. But I was trying out connecting an OLED display to a temperature sensor. But here's what's interesting. This isn't running CircuitPython. This is running Arduino code. Yeah, it's amazing. It's the Arduino IDE. And uh, we just loaded up our SSD1306 OLED library and our MCP. 9808 temperature sensor and kind of just got a demo going it, it's kind of neat i mean like you know where there's going to be an official arduino id uh package for this but we're just trying out this one from earl phil phil Hauer. did an excellent job check it out over on github uh, the arduino pico project you can install it and it kind of works as an arduino core for the rp2040 super cool happy arduino day early data what is this Hey, this looks like a pretty normal demo with a TFT feather wing and then a little temperature sensor. And then if I hold it, temperature goes up. So we know that's working. What's interesting about this is it's a feather RP2040 and it's not running CircuitPython. This is running Arduino. And you're probably like, whoa, wait a minute. There's no Arduino cord for the RP2040. Actually, someone did. This person, Earl Philhauer. Uh, put together, uh, you know, it's it's rough, but it's a start to adding Arduino support to Pico. And uh, this is me just verifying I squared C works and SPI works. I got the display going, 
and a sensor. There's still a lot of stuff um, that's going to be needed to make this like a full um, Arduino core. But if you want to start getting messing around with the Pico or other RP2040 chips with Arduino, you know, it, it works. I got it working. It's cool. Uh, great job, Earl. All right, Collins Lab Notes is a new series that we're doing. We release these just about every day around 4 or 5 o'clock-ish. So I'm going to play these short videos. They're exactly a minute each or a little bit less. Bite-sized Colin niblets. Right. And uh, <laughs> we're going to play these back-to-back. -back. It's only four minutes, so you can probably guess how many videos there are. Four. If you just scored a Raspberry Pi Pico, you'll want to get it connected and working with other hardware right away. That's what header pins are for. First, trim the included male header strips into two 20-pin lengths. Next, place the strips in the breadboard like so. Now mount the Pico on top, ensuring all the pins are protruding through the holes. Solder both the header and the Pico's gold pad by heating it with a hot soldering iron tip, then dipping the end of your solder in to melt and make a connection. And when you're done, check for solder bridges. You can usually fix most bridges by simply running the iron tip between the pins. Pico is now ready to connect. Hey, it's already in a breadboard, which is handy. It's hard to juggle a PCB, component, solder, and soldering iron at once. Trust me, I've done it too many times. Why not call upon your old friend, Helping Hands? They're inexpensive, pleasingly anthropomorphic, and having them around saves plenty of time and headaches. Gotta solder a small PCB? Helping Hands. Gotta wire up some component leads? Helping Hands. Need something to hold up your sheet music? Yep, Helping Hands. And since this is the future, we now have upgrade options like this third hand tool with repositionable arms, a very stable base, and a lot more reach. In any case, find what works for you and use it. Keep whatever you're soldering stable and off the tabletop. It'll be easier to see what you're doing and harder to accidentally burn your workbench or yourself. You already have a big 10 or 100 microfarad capacitor to smooth the output of your voltage regulator. Why bother adding an extra 0.1 microfarad cap? Simply put, using multiple capacitor values allows your board to filter out a wider range of voltage fluctuations. That big cap is like a tiny backup battery, 
When power is first connected, it'll fill up with charge. Then, if your circuit suddenly draws a lot of power, instead of stressing your regulator and causing voltage to dip, that big cap will fill the gap by draining its charge back into the circuit. Electrolytic caps like these are good for protecting against frequencies in the hundreds of hertz range. The smaller cap performs the same function, but for faster fluctuations, like, say, noise from outside interference. A ceramic cap like this is best used against frequencies in the 10,000s of hertz range. All right, help wanted. Um, Jobs.adafruit.com. Um, the economy's coming back, so yeah. post up your jobs if you're a company or if you're someone who's looking to have projects done, or if you have skills, post them up. I was asked a question today: Is there volunteer efforts or those allowed? Yeah, you can post those up too. Anything. So check out. Do you have a category for like Burning Man? <laughs> yeah, Jobs.adafruit.com, and uh, no spam, no scams. We look at each one. We make sure that they're not uh, sketch. Um, be careful with those because a lot of jobs boards are sketchy. We had our uh, job boards scraped and they put the job up on another place on the internet. And, and they said it was Adafruit. And they said it was Adafruit. And so we got, it. yeah, like LinkedIn didn't care that someone else was posting a job that was on our job board. Yeah. Got it taken down, but just be careful because a lot of these are uh, honeypots yeah. for um, collecting people's personal information. They'll want yeah. you to apply for a job and you put in all this personal information. So we look, and then it's like they sell your info. Yeah. So we look at these, and we make sure that they're for real and all that stuff. Good moderation helps good communities. Next up, Python on hardware. It is time. That's so right. So we do. We're almost up to about nine thousand um, subscribers on the Python on hardware newsletter. Uh, Katni is driving Woo-hoo! the Python car this week. Um, so a few things. Uh, happy. 30th anniversary, Tux, well, Linux. Just talking about Linux in the chat a second ago. Someone was asking about, like, which flavor of Python on hardware is the best. I said it's kind of like when people say, which which is your favorite version of Linux? And usually the next question is, well, well what do you what do you want to do? You like compiling stuff? Yeah. Gen 2. <laughs> yeah, it's like, which one do you, you know. You just want to get started fast? You know, Ubuntu, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, Chromebooks are Chromebooks are Linux. Linux. Um, so, it, you know, there's, it really depends on what you want to do Yeah. and uh, what type of things. Um, you know, you can use Ubuntu. However, um, if you're just getting started and you just want to have um, something to get going right away, I might suggest a Chromebook because you can always, like, do more stuff with it. But that yeah. might be a really way to get, get, start, get started. Similar to the way CircuitPython, you can immediately get started with stuff. And then yeah. you can spend a ton of time doing really complex things if you want to, but that doesn't stop you from doing all the things that you want to do immediately. Right. So anyways, thought that was a good analogy. Happy birthday, Linux. Looking forward to CircuitPython, turn 30. Um, Python Software Foundation Membership Drive. It's a good time to become a Python Software Foundation member. Yes. With COVID, they've had to um, do virtual events. So this is a really, 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 really important time. Um, please consider becoming a member. Uh, this Friday, Scott's doing a deep dive. It's all BLE all the time. BLE, BLE, BLE. He's, he's off the RP2040 stuff for a bit, Flash stuff, iMac stuff, and he's going to be doing a lot of BLE workflow things. Yeah. Uh, so for those people who are like, hey, why doesn't the ESP32 have support in CircuitPython? Because there's no easy workflow, but maybe with BLE, we would be able to support the ESP32 and have a good workflow. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting? Check in with Scott. He's the master, master of workflow. Yeah. 
uh, Larson scanner and CircuitPython using PWO and the blue LEDs for the Cytron Maker Pi Pico. It's connected with a Adafruit Feather NRF52840. Check out this first radio. This is made with the Bluetooth radio kit. Here is more keyboards, more keyboards, and more keyboards. This is a two-factor auth um, that you can do with a Pico. This is over on Hackaday and Reddit. Um, this is one of the new um, things from Electronic Cats. It's kind of cool. I forgot MFC. Dude, it's a cat on there. I love it. That's right. More cats. Uh, lower res camera with Raspberry Pi, Circuit Python. Um, one of the things I wanted to show, um, and you can check out the rest of this in the newsletter, of course. But one of the things I wanted to show, sorry, two of the things were two videos of some Circuit Python stuff we're doing. So I'm going to show those. Um, this is Circuit Python on the, one of the NXP chips, and then we also have uh, Circuit Python run on Block Pill. And then uh, the last thing I'm going to show is Jeff put together a really neat circuit sculpture also using CircuitPython. So you can look at all of these. There is so much stuff. This is a beefy, beefy Yeah, newsletter. we have 307 libraries, but um, here's uh, some CircuitPython videos of the week to go along with the newsletter and the segment. Hey, Data, what is this? Well, I'm making a very calming project. This is a uh, shield, a TFT shield, on top of the new IMX RT1011 M7 Metro, and I'm sort of testing out CircuitPython with display stuff. So I just made a little demo where I have three um, transparent P uh, PNGs in the DVD video logo sort of bouncing around. And I'm just practicing like what happens if I add more. So maybe I'll make like six. Let's see if I can handle six DVDs. Oh yeah, look at that. Just bouncing away. So um, yeah, just, just trying out like, what can I do with a really fast processor running at 500 megahertz? So I'm gonna optimize this code a little bit, but it seems to be working. So bouncy, bouncy. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? This is an STM32F411 black pill chip. These are kind of like next gen STM32 low cost dev boards. They're so cute, they're really cheap, and they feature, of course, the STM32F411. And just showing that I've got CircuitPython running on this really nicely. We just put these in the store because some folks were trying to get them and they, they couldn't easily get them, so we um, we stock a couple of them. Uh, they got some buttons, a little red LED, and uh, you know what's nice is it just runs CircuitPython really well. Plenty of memory, and uh, you can connect displays and sensors, all that good stuff to your STM32 F411 and run CircuitPython on it. Go Blinka! Ready to do something new with electronics? Circuit Sculpture is about turning this into this. Shape and solder brass rods, then attach electronic components like these fluorineo pixels and Adafruit feather. Advanced planning on a 3D printed jig can really help you get the shapes you want. The feather runs CircuitPython, making it easy to customize the animations. This is just my second circuit sculpture, and I love how it turned out. If you want to get started too, there are tons of tutorials online. Just search for Circuit Sculpture Tutorial. And that's our Python on Hardware News of the Week. Blinka, blinka. All right, Lady Ada, we are an open source hardware company. To prove it, we have 2,447 guides. What are the guides this week? Okay, I got some fresh new guides. We've got from Brent, there's uh, a quick start on using the Raspberry Pi RP2040 with BLE with an airlift breakout. Um, this was mostly for us to test um, whether it, you know, it should work, right? The circuit Python, like we said, it, it, it should be completely platform agnostic, but nothing really beats testing it. Uh, he tested it, and yeah, you can uh, do Bluetooth low energy using our um, BLEIO library that we've developed over the last year. 
um, in CircuitPython using the RP2040. So if you have a Pico, uh, plug in an ESP32 onto it, program in the firmware um, wired up, and then you can use it as a coprocessor. Aaron uh, did this fun little project using our neon LED strips. Um, you know, we've seen people make these um, stick person costumes. Well, she, she did the same. It was a video we'll watch, but uh, she put together a fun project that's uh, no programming required, and you can uh, pick any of the colors that our um, neon comes in. And um, the neon is really nice and durable, um, but flexible, so it makes for a great costume. We also have, uh, from and Pedro, the Cyberdeck expansion plate. If you've got a Cyberdeck hat or bonnet um, for a Raspberry Pi 400, uh, you can like use this to expand it and attach more stuff. I don't know. Just I just anytime somebody is like cyber deck expansion pack, I'm like I'm into it. That's I love that stuff. We had a couple updated guides: the uh, Circuit Python LED animations and AW9523 expander guides. Uh, we just um, updated some code examples and stuff. Um, but the stars of the guide show today are um, from the Loeb team over at Microsoft. They wrote three guides on doing machine learning machine learning with vision processing um, using a Raspberry Pi 4 and a BrainCraft hat um, and the Loeb AI system, which is basically takes the most difficult part of machine learning, which is how to train new models and makes it so easy that it's like basically a science fair project, which is, it is a really good science fair project. If you've never done machine learning, you want to train a um, machine learning model, but you don't want to like learn Keras or like sit in a Python terminal all day and just like mess around. You just want to do what you want to get done. Um, using Loeb, you can use, you know, your computer's camera, train a model, program it, download it into a Raspberry Pi 4. Um, and they have three examples. One is um, the, the machine learning 101. It's just getting started. Um, a, a package detector, something that will detect when um, something is dropped off on front of your door. So you'd have this camera pointing at your, you know, outside your door, maybe through your window. And when somebody dropped off a package, it would alert you. So you could send you like a text message or it could send you an email or whatever. And also um, a rock, paper, scissors game. So detecting hand gestures. So it's like, is this scissors? And is this paper? What if the hand is tilted? Learning all sorts of tricks about visual recognition with machine learning um, with Loeb AI is cool. We have a kit that goes with it, but you probably have a Raspberry Pi 400, a Raspberry Pi 4 or 400 already. Um, to help you get started and you can uh, begin machine learning with ease. So I'm excited. I always love machine learning, but I thought training models was so hard. So I'm really, really psyched that um, we finally gotten past the that struggle and we can actually build projects for fun using machine learning. Yeah. Also, if you're trying to get a group of people interested in machine learning um, with different skill sets, and I'd say it's a pretty new field, if you're an expert, you're already past the point of, uh, getting over the frustration of this, yeah. Um, but that first like demo out of the box things. So that's why the the, the Loeb kit I think is, yeah. is really good, and the Braincraft stuff that we've been and doing. the Raspberry Pi four. It's finally yeah. it's finally like we can do it, and it's not like you need a special graphics card or anything. You just use like yeah. you know off the shelf stuff, and then set up your Raspberry Pi four, and it's a dedicated machine learning device. All right, and then we have uh, I'll play some of this. this. Is the video that Aaron did that goes along with the stick person costume with neon LED strips.
have some made New York City factory footage. We're going to do a couple things different this week. We have a silk design from Phil B, and then we're going to play a couple speed-up videos and then the regular factory footage. So this one's action-packed this week. It's silk screen time. Looking at the Cyberdeck for Raspberry Pi 400. We wanted a classic cyberpunk motif, and that means monitors, four to three with raster lines, and lots of them. Bonnet, hat, same idea. Wanted a bunch of junky wires in there and like a series of tubes. And so I made some custom brushes for this. Run some wires, run more wires. Illustrator doesn't do real 3D, so the cases for the monitors were drawn manually. Swap out for new logo, and even more wires. Last minute request, had to put Jones the Dolphin in there. And it's not cyberpunk without optical discs. And like two days later, there we go.
This is the selective solder. Ooh, I think it's making Cyberdex. Yeah, it might be. I think it's a Cyberdex looking board. Suspicious. Oh, we're going to be updating our ink display. So this is a new driver, and I'm just making sure the tester works with the new driver chip. Yep. Here's a tester. More testers. SHT31. This is some rework. And that's our factory footage and more this week. And here's what's going on across the street while they build the Disney well, building. Looks the like there's some crane, more cranes. Cranes action. Crane action. Yeah. Oh, they're on the, the dudes are on the crane. Yeah. That is scary. And then uh, they're still digging. Digging. All right, 3D printing. We have two videos this week. One is, uh, you know, a little 3D printed related. There's there's fabrication involved. It's the Cyberdeck video from John Pedro. Yeah, there's one 3D printed model. And then we're going to do a speed up. Egg. This is the Cyberdeck hat for the Raspberry Pi 400. It lets you plug in accessories like this Pi Tape T from Adafruit. It's got custom angled headers that are designed for all sorts of accessories. We designed a plate with slotted rails for attaching extra breakout boards. You can use hardware screws and standoffs to secure them to the plate. It's secured directly to the mounting holes with M25 screws. The Cyberdeck plugs into the back of the Pi 400 and is held in place with friction. The mounting plates can be 3D printed, laser cut, or CNC milled. We also designed a smaller one for the Cyberdeck bonnet. Install the Pi TFT by lining up the headers and firmly pressing them together. Plug in a StemaQT cable into your StemaQT breakout. Then just plug it into the StemaQT port on the side of the Cyberdeck. You can also daisy chain multiple sensors together. This is the AMG8833 thermal camera running demo code on a Pi TFT. It's working in full screen with slight modifications to display more pixels. We also installed the Hollywood script written by Dustin Kirkland. We milled the plate out of acrylic using a desktop CNC from Bantam Tools. I etched a pattern of circuit traces using an engraving bit. I used Fusion 360 to create a repeatable pattern that spans across the surface. I gradually lowered the depth and ran multiple passes to get clean edges. The engraving really stands out when viewed from the other side of the acrylic. Using a 1 16th inch end mill, I ran a 2D contour to create the outline. I also used it to cut the two slots and the four mounting holes. I really like the look of these traces, especially on fluorescent acrylic. And there you have it, the Cyberdeck from Adafruit. So if you have a Pi 400 and some accessories, we hope this inspires you to check it out. Check out 3D Hangouts every single week on Wednesdays. No, Pedro. Next week, 
they're not going to be around, but they're going to be around for show and tell. Mm-hmm. So um, expect them to return two weeks from now. But show and tell, they'll be hosting it next week. All the food you printed love. Digikey and Adafruit present. This week, we have my favorite tool companies. So I'm excited. I I didn't realize I hadn't done a Weha NPI yet. Yeah. And um, you know, I I've used my oldest tools are actually Weha tools. The only tools that I have that have survived the longest are from them. I'm actually going to show them. Okay. On on the overhead because I just thought it was. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. So this is like you know 20 years. This is the original. You could tell because the plastic. It's all yellowed. Well, I've moved these around to different Adafruits. Like, in the past. like so I, I remember I've moved these this now. Yeah. To like seven or eight apartments now. So I got these when I was um, a sophomore in college, and or a junior in college, uh, and there was a store um, called Active Electronics. You can barely see here. It was a Canadian company, and they had storefronts. It was like a like it was like Radio Shack crossed with Micro Center. It had like really advanced electronic components. Uh, and they had really good tools and um, over, you know, I, I actually have the whole set. I just don't know, like some of them are at the office and some of them are like somewhere else. But these are the original um, WeHouse screwdrivers. And what I really liked is that this kit in particular came with the chip lifter, which was, which was really handy because I was doing a lot of dip chips and EPROMs. And so I would use this to carefully lift uh, chips out of breadboards. This is exactly what this tool is used for. You don't use a screwdriver, you use a chip lifter. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, I've carried this around with me again for, for uh, yeah, t- over 20 years now. Uh, it's from 1999, probably, or so. Anyways. All right. So, so what are we showing this week? We're gonna show, this week we're going to show the new, newest generation of screwdrivers from Weha, which is um, the uh, Speed E. So it's, I, I think, perhaps Speed E, Speed E. Uh, and this is the second generation of this electric screwdriver. And... Having used uh, a screwdriver on projects or products where I was doing a lot of assembly, um, I know that it gets very tiring to um, constantly screw and unscrew machine screws or terminal blocks or whatnot. You know, it's not so bad if you're doing like five or 10, but if you're doing a run of like, you know, 100 or 500 products and each one of them has assembly, and yes, you know, you can get fancy, like, you know, pneumatic screwdrivers. But if you're in that in-between space where it's like, look, I just want a tool I can put away. I don't want to have, it's not going to be a bench tool that's like installed at the bench. I want something that I can move around quite easily. Um, this is much lighter than most electric screwdrivers. And it's definitely a lot lighter and smaller than a drill, uh, like an electric drill which with a, a screw bit in it. So I thought this was a nice tool. Uh, there's a lot of little extras in it that uh, I think make it uh, extra extra fancy for an electric screwdriver. It's got this nice ring light. Uh, the ring light also lets you know when the battery's low, it kind of pulses on and off. Um, it's powered by uh, lithium ion batteries. It actually comes with two batteries, which is really nice because you know you use one and then you charge the other. Um, they're 18500s. This is a standard size battery, but what I like is these are protected. So you can even see it's like EE Power is the, the company. Uh, these are protected cells, so don't use unprotected cells. Um, I think that's a nice little touch. I always, I always appreciate that. 1,500 milliamp hours, and uh, you also get a charger. Uh, charger, in this case, the photo shows the European um, end, but it's uh, a USB charger, so it's nice. It's like a, a USB wall adapter with like universal uh, plugs. So you know, mine came with a couple different plugs, in, including US. 
Um, but you can always just power the uh, lithium-ion charger over USB as well. So you don't have to use the plug. You can just plug into your computer or, you know, my outlets have a little USB plug, so that's handy as well. So I thought, for the most part, it's like the only way to show this is on the overhead. So let's go to the overhead and show it off. So um, you can pick up the full kit from DigiKey, right, a sponsor of this uh, segment. Uh, and this is what you get. So it's got like a nice little handle here, but open it up. Um, and there's an instruction manual, you know, read it, of course, it, it's a nice little instruction manual, has some info in it. Um, obviously, this has already been taken apart and put back together, and that's why it's like, why is this all, like, jumbly looking? Because I was using it. Uh, so this is the um, power plug. So, yeah, it comes with, uh, this one came with U.S. plugs, but this is kind of a standard um, clip-on, like a plug adapter, so you can get adapters for different countries, of course, and this is a uh, 5 volt 2.4 amp adapter. So it's basically like a, you know, a USB, um, a high powered USB plug. Um, and this is the charger. Uh, it's got LEDs in it. The LEDs, of course, uh, you know, they, they tell you, um, you know, red is charging, green it's it's fully charged and blinking means there's an error. Uh, it's nice. It's got a little rubber thingy so it doesn't slip off. And then these are the batteries. Uh, and you can um, even tell that they're protected because they've got this like extra gold plate on the bottom. So there's, there's probably a protection cell either on the bottom over here or on the top here. So it's a good good idea. Always a little protected cells. Um, and this is the screwdriver itself. Whoa, sorry about that. Um, so this is the uh, the body of the screwdriver and the sorry the battery goes in here. Uh, so again, you get two batteries. Charge one while the other one is being used. Um, you know, how long does it last? I mean, I, I didn't, I, I didn't quite get run down the battery, so you know, you can use it for like an hour or two, depending on how often you're screwing and how much torque you're applying, of course. Um, and then uh, here on the end is where you can plug in tips. There's like a standard Weha uh, tip series. It comes with a whole selection of them. And this kind of a gum box. So you've got. Uh, you know, large flatheads, you've got uh, a couple Phillips, you've got like a combo. I like this, this is kind of nice. It's like a combo Phillips flat, you can kind of see. Uh, and then two terminal block squares. So it's got, you know, a, a range. Not the finest, you know, uh, tips, but um, this one is, I think, a pH zero. No, this is a pH one. This is a combo pH one. So number one, number two. Um, but you can also, of course, get from Weha, they sell like every hex and whatever adapter you possibly want. And each one is torque rated as well, which I think is kind of neat. So this one, is, for example, is torque rated to 5.5 uh, Newton meters. Um, then uh, once you've decided what tip you want, you can put this back. This uh, snip snips in. It's not like magnetic, I don't think, but it is like a very firm fit. Um, and then this part this ring is what you rotate to to rotate so when you twist it and it turns and then twist it the other way it turns and that's it so you just hold it you hold it steadily like this and then you use your fingers to twist and turn so yeah like you know this is designed for electricians um and definitely i can see if you're an electrician you're constantly like opening and closing terminal blocks all day but what this would, for me, what I think this is very useful for is if you're working on a product where, again, you have to assemble or disassemble a lot of screws, 
It's not a problem if you're assembling or disassembling like 20, 10, 20 screws. Not a big deal. It's when you get into like the hundreds, your wrist starts hurting a lot. And like you start getting like tendonitis, especially if you're also an engineer that types a lot. Um, constantly twisting a screwdriver is, is going to make your, your shoulders hurt and your uh, arm hurt and your wrist hurt and your uh, forearm hurt. So this is where I would, I would use a tool like this. Like it's quite handy for that purpose. We have an electric screwdriver in the store that's like a little thin one, but it doesn't have nearly as much torque. I think it goes up to like maybe 0.1 or 0.2 newton meters. Um, this one, so one of the things that is new in this, this model, the, the two speedy, is it's got two torque settings. And uh, the minimum I think is 0.4 newton meters. The max is 0.8. There's actually in the, in the manual, it's a range. It's like 0.4 to 0.5 and 0.8 to one newton meters. I'm assuming that's due to like variations in the motor and of course the battery life. Like if the battery is, is you know, fully charged, you're gonna get just a little bit more wattage out of it. You're gonna probably get like max torque. You know, as it gets to nominal voltage, uh, 3.7 volts, you're probably gonna drop down a bit um, and get down to that, that nominal 0.4 or 0.8 newton meter. So it's got a lot more torque. And then when you hit the torque, it actually latches and then you twist it by hand. So I didn't want to actually demo it but um if you if you switch it like this let's explain so when i twist this you know this part twists right okay so it's screwing in but if i'm not using if i'm not holding on to this and twisting it if i'm just holding on to the body and i'm i'm twisting it this has 10 newton meters of of torque max so this is still a a, a screwdriver it's not like a it's not slipping so what you would normally do is, um, you know, say if you're working with uh, screws that are going into plastic, for example, you'd use the lower torque. If you're using, you know, big machine screws or big terminal blocks, you use the higher torque. And then once it stops, it, it, it reaches that max torque, right? It's already, it's screwed all the way in. You've hit the torque. Then you would use the handle and give it an extra quarter inch twist, right? That's the finger tight plus quarter turn um, that like a lot of, Let's, that's the uh, guideline I use for like how much to tighten something. Um, you would use the body for doing that because the motor you don't want to like, max, you can't max out past whatever the rating the torque is for the min and max rating. Does that make sense? So you'll still, you, you still can use it as a screwdriver. You still will use it as a screwdriver to finish off, um, especially if you need more than one Newton meter of torque. But it depends on what you're using. If it's if it's plastics, maybe you don't. If it's you know machinery that's delicate, maybe you know you don't. But if you um, if you do need to give it a, a really good twist at the end, you know you you reach the ending. You just hold the body and give it that last quarter turn. Okay. And uh, did you want to play the video? Yeah, and there's also like a fun little video from Weha, and then uh, we'll sh also we want to show where they can get it in stock. Yeah, we'll show that at the end. Okay, the video. we'll show the video.
And these are available on DigiKey. I think there's a couple more left, folks were saying, in the chat. And here's the thing. You might be wondering, oh, it's, I wonder if it's cheaper if I get it, like, direct from Weha or some other popular online store. No, it's actually, like, 40 or $50 less to get it at DigiKey. So if you want one of these, um, get them from DigiKey because it's a really good price. And, uh, yeah, it's like looking at this, I, I'm, all, I'm starting to think of all the Burning Man projects I did where I was just sitting there and, like, cranking on like a you know an allen wrench or a screwdriver for like hours and like my shoulder ached uh, i definitely can't do that anymore at my age so electric screwdriver is where it's at and right. these are very powerful tools now short url digikey.com forward slash zero forward slash zero b four 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 d h d nine and then you can do four thirty one two three sorry three two four nine zero and d or just search for speed e yeah and that is I don't for the week. All right, Lady Data, we're going to jump right into new products. You ready? Okay. New, 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 Okay, right. first up is an update. Okay, we've updated. Uh, I realized that our old LED ring trinket kit, which people love making LED goggles, was using the old trinket. Uh, we love the old trinket, but uh, its time has come and gone. It's been upgraded. This net kit now comes with a uh, trinket M0. Same thing, and here's the good news. The code's the same, and you can also use CircuitPython. So uh, same price, uh, updated to use new SAMD21, bigger and better. We also have more Compute Module 4s. Uh, you know, these Compute Modules, we had none, and now we have a whole bunch of different kinds. This one, I want to get the exact model correct because there's so many. This one is the 32 gigabyte uh, MMC with Wi-Fi and four gigabytes of RAM. So this is like a beefy, this is like a beefy, beefy Compute Module. Um, it's got uh, the Wi-Fi you see there on the top left. We have the antenna kits as well. It's got flash MMC on it, so you don't need a separate um, SD card. Uh, and also it's MMC, so it's going to be faster at 32 gigabytes and 4 gigabytes of RAM. So this would be actually perfect for heavy compute computational stuff and machine learning on the edge type projects because you'll need that extra RAM. All right, next up. Next up. These are adorable edge launch USB-C connectors. Um... I actually ordered these a really long time ago and they finally came in. Uh, they're interesting because normally we only have USB-C connectors that like a cable plugs into, but this plugs directly into a computer. As seen on uh, the Serpenti, the um, Arturo's board that we also stocked, so check that out. Um, but if you're like, hey, I want a connector like that, um, we have them. I'll show them real fast on the overhead maybe, although our photos are, are quite good. Okay, so that comes on a uh, strip, and you get 10, and let me show you. So there, here's uh, some things about it. So you're probably like, Lady Ada, I know that you don't like SMT-only connectors like this because they have a mechanical you know, stress on them, and it's true. I wish that these had these tabs as through-hole, but they, they just weren't available. I believe this is why it took so long to get them. I was going back and forth, and I was like, can't you just bend them and they're like, no. So this is a fully surface mount, single-sided um, connector. So you're gonna want to look at the data sheet because what you do is on the PCB, you actually have this part be a large SMT pad. Like there's these four little pads. I'm talking about the middle part here. You actually use that as an SMT pad to give you some mechanical strength. 
Um, these are the pinouts. The pins are not the same pins as the USB-C socket connector that we use. Check the data sheet. It's, it's not intuitive. They're, they kind of come out in a slightly interesting order. Um, and then here there's a little cap. I don't know why there's a cap, maybe to protect it. And then um, this is the USB-C plug. So this plugs into the computer and then you can you know, plug it either way and um, you have a USB-C connection. So, you know, I don't see a lot of devices that plug directly into USB-C, but I thought this was kind of a unique and interesting uh, connector. And in case I ever did want to use it for something, I wanted to have them in stock. So uh, now we do too. All right, next up we have two versions of what I think is gonna be the Hello World for machine learning. Mm. Yeah, machine learning is really fun. You hear a lot about it, and maybe you want to play around with it. Especially, in my opinion, the most interesting machine learning is vision recognition, because we're humans, we see stuff, and maybe we want to make machines see stuff and recognize what they're seeing. Um, vision has historically been incredibly, incredibly hard to do with computers. Like, there's all jokes about how, like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it's like, how hard could it be to recognize what bird is in front of a camera? Turns out, really hacking hard. But with uh, machine learning, uh, it's actually not too difficult. Well, I mean, it's still difficult, but you have a much better chance of training it because our machines have gotten faster. We've figured out ways of convincing computers what they're looking at and how to let them differentiate what they're looking at. So, um, you know, people can use machine learning on their phones, you can use it on your computer, but maybe you want to have a device, like something that's a standalone device that can do machine learning vision recognition for you. So we bring the BrainCraft hat, we released it a couple months ago, we've done projects with it. It's you know basically designed to plug into a Raspberry Pi 4 and make it easy for you to design any kind of machine learning project, particularly vision projects, because it's got a little display on it that you can see what it's seeing, which I think is really helpful because you're trying to like debug what is being recognized. So um, you've got a Raspberry Pi 4 and you've got the BrainCraft hat and you've got the Raspberry Pi camera and here it is all plugged in together. Okay, great, an SD card. But now you have to actually have to, you have to actually train the model, right? You have to train the vision. And historically, this has been really, really hard to do. You've had to like get all these photos and you've had to tag them and you have to classify them. And it's just like, it's been really not fun to do. Um, like I did it once and it was like, you spend, you know, days training your model um, use all this compute time, and then in the end, it's like maybe it works, and you have to start over from the beginning. And that's where um, Loeb comes in. So Loeb is this free software from Microsoft that you use in a browser. And what's neat about it is it does all the hard parts of machine learning, where you don't have to collect data. Instead, it just uses your computer camera. And you know you train the different classifications, and then it does the computation for you, and it spits out this file. You put the file onto your Raspberry Pi and suddenly, ding dong, the Raspberry Pi can recognize whether a package has been left in front of your door or what kind of plant is on top of your desk. Or, you know, you can play rock, paper, scissors and it can recognize your hand gestures without you having to type in like rock. It's a, you, just, you just make the fist or a plane or your, your two fingers and it knows if it's rock, paper, or scissors. So really basic machine learning stuff, but again, historically really tough to do. How do you recognize when there's a bird at your bird feeder? Let you know or take a photo of it so you can go and like watch some cool birds. Um, or maybe there's a squirrel and it shouldn't be a squirrel and you want it to like scare the squirrel away. All these fun projects you can build recognizing things. I saw a project on the Raspberry Pi blog recognizing when there's a dog outside being walked outside your apartment. So you can go outside and maybe pet the dog or just look at the adorable dog. Um, all these vision projects 
you can do with machine learning and you train it using Loeb and it makes it really easy. So easy that a school kid can do it, which means also PhD students can do it. Those are kind yeah. of equivalent things to me. So I have two versions, one without and one with. This is the one with a Raspberry Pi. That's right. All this stuff. There's one without. The only reason is a lot of people already have a Raspberry Pi 4 or Pi 400. Yeah. And they're looking they want, for something to do with them. They want something to do with them. One of these. So there's an all-in-one kit that has everything you need. You know, it's got, like, the uh, the power supply even. It's got the uh, uh, the fan. It's got the BrainCraft hat. It's got uh, cables and everything. And then, of course, if you don't have a Raspberry Pi 4, pick up the one with a Raspberry Pi 4. Okay. Two versions. Next up. Next up, kale sockets. Uh, these are, this is kind of cool. It looks like a little alien friend. These are sockets that are used for MX mechanical keypad switches. And what it means is you don't have to solder in the mechanical key anymore, which is awesome. Um, folks who have done mechanical keyboards for a while, remember, you used to have to solder them in. Well, like a year or two ago, I think, Kale, the company, I'll uh, just print it on this, came up with these sockets. And you can see it here. Um, on the back of one of our NeoKey breakouts. And when you solder the socket in, and it's really easy to solder, it's like the pads are really large. It, um, and you know, the, the other side has little two holes in it and you can plug in a mechanical key switch and you don't have to solder it in. It isn't like a perfect permanent, you know, connection. You do have to add a little bit of mechanical support, but the electrical connection and like the basic mechanical connection is done for you. So let me see if I have, okay, let me, um, let me show on the overhead real fast. I'll show it with the other new product, the uh, feathering. So I've got here a feathering, a PCB with two mechanical key switches in it. Yes, you clicky, clicky, clicky. Okay, but what if I'm like, oh, I don't want this kind of clicky. I want a different kind of clicky. I want a Gateron switch. I want an MX blue. I want an MX red. I want MX gray, whatever. These, um, you just pull them out carefully, and you can see the socket is flat against the PCB. You can kind of see here the two sockets here coming out. And then on the back, those uh, two sockets are soldered onto the back of the PCB. So this makes it really easy for you to, you know, flip around different switches, customize them. Um, and then again, you saw it is possible to pull them off. They're mechanically stable if you're only pressing down, but if you end up, you know, pressing from the side, they, they do tilt. So that's why you might want to use a little bit of glue or epoxy just to kind of give them a little bit more strength. Still enough that you could pull it off if you really had to or wedge it off, but enough that you could uh, switch up keys. So, chaos sockets, um, and they come in a pack of 20. Next up. Translucent keycaps. As seen on our keycap projects, uh, these allow light to shine through them. They're translucent. They're a little bit uh, big, they're not symmetric, but um, they're fairly inexpensive, and as seen here, uh, LEDs shine through them quite nicely. Note that because most keys, you're wondering like, why doesn't the whole keycap light up? Um, the way the LEDs on mechanical keys and key switches work is they, they don't come from the center, they come along the side. That's a, a normal thing for keycaps and they're all like this. So even though the whole thing is translucent, you're not gonna get full translucency across the whole body of it. That's just sort of part of the deal with mechanical key switches. Um, that said, you know, they fit very nicely onto any MX compatible uh, key switch. Uh, Kale boxes are shown here or um, Cherry MXs or Gaterons or, or any of those uh, compatibles. Um, they click on, they're completely, you know, 90 degree symmetric, so you can put them on any which way. And uh, like I said, they do allow your glowy light to shine through. 
Yeah. Clicky clicky. All right, and star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, and our community, is the Neo Key Feather Wing. Yay! So much keyboard stuff coming out. So uh, we had last week the individual Neo Key um, breakouts, right? Which uh, I even think we had. Hold on. There's this. Uh, this. Yes. No, no, I can't see. Oh, sorry, this one. Pardon like me. That. So that's the individual ones, right? So this is showing a cutie pie with two individual key switches wired together. But you're like, I have a feather, and I don't want to wire up two individual switches. Great. We have this feather wing. The feather wing has two kale sockets and two neopixels in it. Uh, they're wired up directly to pins like five, six, and nine. And, and it's just like two key switches and they're on a feather wing and you can turn it into a little keyboard if you want. You can make it into a MIDI controller or HID or really anything you like. Um, sky's the limit, as it were. Okay. And uh, let me see if I can find my plug so I can show the, the live demo. So let's go to the overhead and shoot off. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, so you've got here if I press these, they turn off. Very handy for showing the demo. So this is just uh, plugged on top of a feather. It's a standard feather wing shape. It'll fit on any feather uh, we have. Uh, the only one I'd warn is the ESP8266. It doesn't have a lot of pins. It'll still work, but you're, you're kind of using the, the only three GPIO you've got. Um, you can plug in any MX compatible switch you like. And you can see there's uh, nice bright neopixels that shine through. Um, and we use kale sockets. And there's a little reset button as well, so you can reset the board. You can also change which pins um, the NeoPixel and the switches are connected to, if you wish. Uh, there's little jumpers on the bottom. Unplug this so you can show you. There's a little jumper. You can cut this and rewire if you if you want to, but uh, I kind of picked what I thought were pretty good defaults. And then you put whatever keypad you want on the top, and you're good to go. Um, I will note that this product does not come with the key switches, and it does not come with... Uh, the keycaps either like it comes just like that and uh we will be stopping it's in the photo it's in the photo but we will i, I want to demonstrate we will be stopping we have to keys. we have to show how it works and we, we have, have to show, show the, the things that it works with yeah and then the neopixels are tied together in a row so they just it just looks like an, an led strip of like two neopixels basically um they're not even though like it only turns off when i don't press it they're not actually connected i have a little bit of code that's reading the key presses and changing you know which ones are lit so they're independent uh, elements. Want to make that clear. And that's the point. All right, y'all can line up some questions over on um, Adafruit.it/discord. We're gonna do a quick top secret. Okay. We have two right. things. Um, yeah. So, what was this that you're working on? This is kind of neat. So we, you know, uh, we have CO2 sensors, which are wonderful. Uh, but we saw from Sincerion, they're coming out with a new sensor, uh, upgrade to the SCD30. It's the SCD41. It's 11 more. Uh, this is a very small CO2 temperature and humidity sensor. I think it's a true CO2 sensor. Um, and uh, it's just very tiny. Uh, so we thought we would make a little STEMIQT breakout for it. It's I2C. And even better, they wrote a driver for Arduino and Python. So it'll be like super ready to go very fast. Okay. And then you sent this off. I sent off a panel. Uh, look, because I'm no longer doing RP2040 stuff that uh, I don't talk about, I can show off my panels. I couldn't show, like, the panels before because there's always, like, an RP2040 board that I was like, I can't show what this is because it's not out. But now now we're, uh, or, you know, other secrets. Uh, but this one is, there's no secrets here. Uh, 
So you take okay. a shot on me. Um, so you can check these out, see what we're working on, maybe guess what some of these products are. Maybe you can make some good guesses. All right. And uh, we have a video. This is a little bit of a recap from what was on the show and tell. So this is a, this will be maybe the first time some people have ever seen it. Other top secrets. Do you want to talk about what this is? Oh, yeah. This is a um, pocket chip. So it's a, uh, if you people remember the pocket chip, it was a little Linux handheld. Uh, and then there was a module, and then they made this handheld that held the module, and they actually uh, closed shop a couple of years ago. Um, but I really missed it, and I thought, like, you know, it would be great to have one that was a Raspberry Pi. And so when the compute modules came out, I was like, dude, we have to make a pocket chip. And I saw that Timon was doing stuff with the compute module. So I was like, well, you've already got compute module stuff going on. You know how to use these things. Uh, we want to contract you to design a pocket chip, a little handheld computer with a TFT screen. And this is not the final uh, physical version. Also, there's no TFT screens on planet Earth right now. Um, due to the part shortage. Uh, so this is in development and I have some ideas, but what I think is really neat is he used this I2C to keyboard converter to save us a USB port. So um, the kernel reads the I2C keyboard. It doesn't have a USB plug, which means the USB plug is available at the top for, for hack and pleasure. Back in the vault. Back in the vault. Okay, now we're going to do some questions. So uh, I have a few lined up from Discord. Okay, hit me up. And a few, and then uh, we're gonna scram for the night. Yes. Okay. Um, here we go. First question is: Back in December, you featured the NRF PPK two on INMPI. It seems to be in super high demand. Do you have any other suggestions in that price range for folks needing to start testing soon? There ain't nothing in that price range. That's why the PPK was so amazing. It was like a tenth the price of normal yeah. power monitors. Uh, I know that they're trying to make more. I don't think I can recommend is just. So, you know, backorder them on DigiKey. A bunch of people bought them after seeing our Ion MPI. Yeah, believe um, me, I, I, I only have one. <laughs> Ion MPI works. Watch it. Um, next up, not quite an engineering question, but a product question. Would a Pi OLED 3527 fit under the lid of the Adafruit Pi 23 case PID 2557? I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. You can post in the forums. I don't have one with okay. me. Will you ever sell the reverse mount pixels? Uh, like you can buy the individual regular NeoPixels. Yeah, we have some on order, um, but we 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 used our first reel for making these boards, which was more important to me, so um, it got delayed. Okay, uh, next up. How can the Adafruit Mini IR remote control be used with Circuit Playground Express and MakeCode? I tried many ways to get the infrared receiver to work in MakeCode, but no luck. The remote worked fine with CircuitPython and mm. on the circuit... Playground Express, any advice? Some might not might not be supported now because they did an update. But I would post in the MakeCode forums. I would check. Yeah, they're really responsive. Yeah, yeah. They open the MakeCode. There's MakeCode forums also a MakeCode GitHub repo. You can yeah. open issues, but I post in the forums first. I know that infrared is really tough, and so it's not too surprising. Okay, um, is there RP twenty forty support now on Arduino? I can't get the new idea. It's not. It's, in, it's not, not official. It's not official. You can look at our blog posts yeah. about it. Yeah, I, I link to where to get it. It's not official, and it's not one hundred percent, and it's not beginnery, but it does work. Okay, the Adafruit MCP two 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 one A breakout general purpose USB to GPO has been out of stock for a long time. And my DigiKey, on my DigiKey order, and the date keeps getting extended. Uh, will you be making more? Welcome to Park Torages. Remember that thing about Park Torages? Yeah. I, I think we're probably waiting on the MCP221. Um, 
I, I don't know what to tell you. We order stuff and then, you know, our, our order dates get pushed out too. You know, we ordered some chips and they're like, yeah, we'll get this to you in June. And we're like, well, June and they're like 2022. So as soon as we get them, believe me, uh, we will put them in stock. Try the FT232H breakout. It's very similar. You know, that might be good. Um, that's the only thing I can really recommend. It's kind of a similar board. All right. Uh, I'm going to pop over to the other chat. See this one. Can you drive a NeoPixel strip with the ESP32 if the strip is powered by a 5-volt supply and USB32 by USB even if the ESP is 3-volt logic? You you can try, but you so, you might need a level shifter. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, cool. Folks are posting the link to the Arduino Pico. Yeah, I assume there's going to be the new updated IDE because yeah. they are they are going to release uh, at least according to Arduino Day an RP twenty forty Nano Connect with an ESP thirty two on it. But just keep in mind that was an announcement, not a ship date or anything. This is like something that, that I tr I tried it and it works. It, yeah. it, there's like there, again, there's a couple of little details about it, but it's it's there. Okay, uh, I think. I'm just click. I'm just gonna click this thing. Clicky, 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 clicky. I think we got all of them. And we're in a little late tonight, so I think okay. we'll we'll call it here. Thanks, everybody. All right, everybody. that's the show. Keep asking questions in the chat. Keep clicking. Folks are gonna be around. Um, oops. Special thanks to everyone in the Adafruit chat. Special thanks to our Adafruit team members. Running things behind the scenes this week. This week it's Sakara. Yeah, Yay, that's right. Takara. And uh, special thanks to all of our customers and everyone. Um, we do have Picos in stock right now. Yes, so, some. Yeah, we didn't um, make a big deal out of it because, you know, we wanted folks to be able to get a chance to get them. But if you go to our site and get a Pico right now, we still have a few in stock probably. Yes. Um, and uh, thanks for placing the orders. It's keeping us in business. Our team thanks you. We'll Thank you. We'll continue to ship safe and smart. We'll continue to do the best we can for our community, for open source, for all of you out there. And uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of you soon virtually and soon after that maybe in person as things get back to a way we're traveling. But until easier. then, yeah. we're still doing all this stuff. Yeah, we didn't give up. We just like and we've always done Ask Engineer like virtually. This has always been like a virtual hangout. Turns out if you do something on a regular basis every week and you have lots of different ways to do it, no matter what adversity comes your way, um, you got something to look forward to and you have a lot of people that maybe you're helping out. So I think that was one of uh, one of the core things that kept us going each week is like, well, no matter what, let's try to help folks with our products and let's try to keep this community going during all these up and down times. So we'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much. Here is your moment of Zener. <laughs>